Well, <clears throat> good evening. Uh, <clears throat> I guess uh, Sunday you got to hear a little bit of a, what he called an experiential talk. And I, I, I got to hear bits and pieces of that as I was headed back from Atlanta and... He even stole some of what I'm going to use tonight, but it was good enough that I think it can be used twice, uh, so I'm still going to use that. But kind of just the same thing uh, was at the conference this past weekend. It was a strength and leadership conference, and <clears throat> so many different things from these coaches, and encouraging to me because I think, and I think we would all agree on this, our our professional sports and even dripping down even more and more into our college sports and probably before too long if something don't change our high school sports are becoming very liberal and very just I get sick and tired I don't even watch professional sports anymore I can't take it uh, but I was listening to Dallas Cowboys and Arizona Cardinals and uh, a guy that used to be at the New York Giants and now at Indiana at the Hoosiers and at Georgia Tech and big-time uh, coaches in their professions, and all of them talked about their faith. So that was kind of encouraging to be in a spot, to listen to guys that are doing it at the highest level. And even though we see on TV and some of the things that go on, uh, there, are, there are some Christians in there. And I can tell by the way that they talked and acted and uh, held themselves, I promise they're making a difference. And so that was encouraging to me. But... Kind of along the lines, a lot of it was just as a coach, because uh, it was a coach's clinic. As a coach, you got to be there to serve your players. And so many relations that I took from it as not only coaches, but as Christians, we're here to serve uh, Christ and to serve the lost and our brothers and sisters. We're here to serve. And so just kind of the same thing, some things that I got from from the conference that I guess relate with both coaches and Christians and some things that we can apply to our life and hopefully make a difference in moving and advancing God's kingdom forward. So the first thing that I'm going to start off with is two quotes from guys that spoke and one of them was used on Sunday morning by dad uh, and that was the quote by the Dallas Cowboys head strength and conditioning coach. His name is Harold Nash. And I will say this, just a nitpick at him for using my quote. He misquoted it. Say, so <clears throat> I'm going to read it, and then I'll tell you what he misquoted. And it was essentially saying the same thing, but, again, I'm just kind of taking a jab for him stealing my quote. Uh, and it says, Harold Nash from the Dallas Cowboys says, and he gets up and he walks up and uh, his his – uh, I guess hour or his presentation was actually over speed for speed development for football, and this is what he starts his this is what he starts his uh, presentation off with. The greatest gift God has given us, besides His Son Jesus, is the ability to serve, and he's talking about speed development for football. And where I say Dad messed up is. And I don't know if he actually did here. I just know on the online at the 930, he said the greatest gift God has given besides his son is the ability to serve. He forgot Jesus. And so it's kind of like taking sugar out of candy. It's still, still candy, but it's not as good without Jesus in there. So uh, anyway, 
I just had to take that jab because he used my quote, and I knew he would when I told him. Uh, he even told me he would. But then the second one is uh, the Indiana Hoosiers guy who was at New York Giants uh, actually just a couple years ago, and he said, Coaches, we aren't in the sport or coaching business. We're in the people business. And I just took and replaced the word coach with Christian. Christians, we aren't in whatever business you guys I mean, we got we got business owners, we got coaches, we got teachers, we got farmers, ranchers. You're not in any type of business besides the people business as Christians. And I thought that was just, I mean, insert whatever you do. Uh, it's more about the people that you are interacted with and with on a daily basis. Those are those are your business as Christians. And so, uh, two big quotes from two guys that just again. Uh, throughout their presentations, you could see their faith uh, and how genuine it was and the impact that they were able to have on some players. And so just kind of no matter what we do, uh, we should always be looking for areas to serve, always be looking for areas to have an impact for Christ. And a few, I got three points that I want to look at uh, from the conference that the, they talked about, like when it comes to dealing with, with their players specifically. This is at strength coaches. And the first one uh, is just I showed them that I care. And it was simply I show my players that I care about them. And how are you going to uh, lead a team? How are you going to get someone to buy into your program, to buy into your culture, to buy into what you're trying to accomplish as a coach if you don't care about that person, about that athlete, about what's going on in their life, about uh, these different things. And so the first thing was just I, I'm going to serve by showing them that I care about them. Uh, and I want to turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, and read that. And then I got a story that I want to share from one of the guys at uh, the conference. Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only, to do, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Uh, and then it goes on to say in verse 14, For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I would say we'd all say that we care, we love ourselves, right? Uh, I hope we do. Uh, and we should treat those people, whether it be... Uh, in those businesses that we're at daily, those workplaces, uh, we got to show people that we care. And the one who really hammered this home about caring for our athletes uh, as a coach was Inky Johnson. And he's not actually even a coach, and some of you maybe have heard of him. I don't know. Uh, he's a big-time motivational speaker. He played at the University of Tennessee, and in his senior year, he was projected number 10 uh, pick in the NFL of the first round. He was a defensive back, and two games before the end of his senior year, uh, had a little bit of an awkward collision, came down, uh, couldn't get up, kind of whole body went numb, and after going to the hospital, going through treatments, he is paralyzed in his right arm and hand. Uh, and if you've seen my Facebook, I actually posted a picture of me with him. He wears a little white sleeve over it. You can tell that something's definitely wrong with it. But he's the one that hammered home, uh, if you want to have an impact, you've got to show that you actually care. And he explained, uh, he came, Inky came from a terrible home. Uh, 
He was raised in a two-bedroom home. There was 15 kids in that home. And he said we had to take turns. We, we took shifts of who got the bed, who got the floor, who got the couch, because uh, they were dirt poor. They didn't even. And a coach came through their neighborhood one, one, one week, and he said, we were so poor, uh, our football was made out of rolled-up socks and duct tape, and we played in the street. We just played under the lights. Uh, we were just ran up and down the street, didn't actually have a football team or uh, that we were a part of. And this Pop Warner coach comes by, drives season playing, pulls up to their house, goes up to, I believe it was actually his uncle, not his dad, and says, hey, I would love for your boys to come just downtown and try out for the football team. And the uncle's reply was, you see you see them, you see this house, you see what we're living in. We ain't got money to we ain't got money to support them to be able to do that. And the coach said, "Don't worry about it. Just bring them down. I'll take care of all the expenses." And so right off the bat, Inky said, "You could just tell he cared. He wanted he could see the situation we're in, but he told me from a young age, he said, I believe he was around 3rd or 4th grade at that age. Uh, but he said he was always saying, "Inky, this is your way out. Like, I know you're talented, you're athletic, this is your way out, stay, stay the course. He pushed me. And so that was kind of the first thing. But he said it wasn't just about a year later, it's at Christmas. And he said, we was all excited because we knew our Christmas gift. It was a brand new pair of Nikes. And he said, me and the same cousin that was out there playing in the street when the coach came by and invited him to come play football, he said, we got these brand new pair of Nikes. And he said, May not be a big deal to most people, but like that was an expensive pair of shoes for us. We may not see anything, any type of money or anything that expensive for, for years. And he said, Mom wouldn't let us have them early, so they're wrapped. They're put under the tree. Night before Christmas, none of us could sleep. We're ready to wake up, get our Nikes, and wake up in the next morning only to run and see that someone had broke into our house and stolen every single Christmas present, which meant... Nikes, they were gone. And he said, oddly enough, my mom didn't call preacher. My mom didn't call. She called my coach, he said. She called my coach because she knew. And he said, we were out, me and my cousin, sitting on the curb, kind of bummed out. Uh, And he said, all of a sudden, coach pulls up. uh, And kind of the funny side of the story is coach gets out, comes around, and he's got some paper sacks. And he says, ink. I'm sorry, I got the news late, so this is all I could get. And he said, I opened up the sack, excited, and he said it was socks and underwear. (laughs) And he said, for a second I was a little disappointed, but at the same time I knew that he cared. He wanted to make sure that I got something for Christmas uh, because had it not been for him, I wasn't going to get anything for Christmas. And then he would go on... uh, Continued to coach him through, stuck with him through high school. Wasn't actually his coach once he got to high school, uh, but always around, always a part of his life. Uh, and again, one of those coaches that was doing it right, he said he was always get, keep making sure I was keeping my grades up, keeping me in church, and always telling me, Inky, this is your way out. This is your way out. Uh, if you'll use it and use it right, this is your way out. So he said, I'm at Tennessee, senior year. Everything's going good, man. My draft stock from junior year to senior year, I'm setting like third round. And he said, I just come out my senior year, and I'm just, he said, I'm having a crazy year. He said, the Lord's blessing, I'm doing good. And he said, I just, I'm watching my draft stock go up. 
He said, second round. And then I'm moving up the second round, moving up the second. He said, and then I break into the first round. Man, I'm going to be first round draft pick. And he said, then all of a sudden, like last couple games, like I'm moving up their top 15, top 10. Like I, this, I got a legit shot to be a top five draft pick uh, in the NFL draft. And then the injury happened. And he said, obviously, as a, a college athlete and something that I've done my entire life to just be taken away, uh, he said, very emotional, uh, very tough situation. And he said, the one person who never left the hospital room was my coach, that Pop Warner coach. He was there every minute, every surgery, every time I was put out, came back, coach was there. And so clearly from that story, you can see that coach cared about Inky Johnson. And even through the rehab and getting him to where he is now, I mean, he's the one that dad was talking about. Dad said, well, just have one of them come speak. And I said, well, Inky Johnson costs about $30,000 to get to come speak. I said, but I would love to have him if if you think that we can make it happen. And so he said all the way along the way, he was there. And he said, funny story, every Christmas I get in a brown paper sack socks and underwear. And so he's still showing that he cares and he's a part of Inky's life. And as Christians, when we're out and about and we're witnessing uh, and we're trying to reach that one that David challenged us to reach, uh, we got to show that we care. we got to love people. Uh, we got to show them the love of Christ when we're doing those things uh, because they can see if we don't really care about what we're doing, if we ain't really truly loving on them and trying to show them Jesus with our life, then they're going to see through it and they're not going to, because uh, we don't look no different, okay? And so we got to love. We got to serve by caring. And then the second one was serve by connecting. Uh, and I guess kind of along the same lines, but this was more uh, using your own experiences, being relatable, sharing your life with that person instead of just being there, loving on them through their situations, through their, their struggles, is to share your own. And this is a quote from Lou Corrala, if I said that right. And he's actually the reason I went. That's the Georgia Tech uh, head strength and conditioning coach. And he says, every coach has a library full of experiences, and what a waste if we're not willing to share them. And when he did that, he popped up a picture back behind him, and it was some of his experiences, but it was, looks like a bookshelf, and it's got one fumbled in the state championship. It's got one uh, took days off. It's got one quit my sophomore year and regret it all these different things of mistakes and failures and struggles, and there's even good things on there. Like it's the good, the bad, the ugly sort of deal. And he says, all these experiences that I have that I've learned from playing uh, college ball to trying to make it to the professionals to then jumping into strength and conditioning coaching, uh, I can connect with my players and my athletes through some of the same things that they're going through uh, because I went through them. And so just connecting with the people uh, that we're with on a daily basis. You know, your struggles equals your story. In Revelations 12, 11, it says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, right? And so we all have a testimony. If your experience, and you think your only experience that Lou Corral is talking about, and your library full of experiences, if the only experience is your experience of salvation, it's good enough to share, 
I guess, good enough to tell and connect. Like, this is what Jesus has done for me. But how many, by raise of hands, have been through tough times? All right? I would say everyone would say something that we've been through has been tough, been hard. We've had to uh, either tune in and tune in uh, to Jesus even more, or maybe we veered away. And so that's part of our story. Our struggle is when we, we didn't do what we should have done in that time. And we can use those experiences to connect uh, with people that we see on a daily basis, just connecting, being relatable, being able to share your story uh, with, with those, those people that you come into contact with, those people that you work with, uh, or as a coach, because uh, I know we do have some coaches and teachers in here, with those young athletes as they're growing up. Uh, share those stories, share those struggles, because if you're not, it's just a waste. Uh, use it to help someone maybe learn from your mistakes or uh, get through something that you've gotten through. And so show you care, connect to them, serve by connecting. And then the last one was uh, serve with consistency. And I'm going to use Matthew 5.16 on this one, Matthew 5.16 as my verse here. And that says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. <clears throat> And this was, again, Lou Corrala was the first one that I got a quote from on this. And his was simply, uh, be the message that you're preaching. You know, as coach, uh, you preach discipline, you preach hard work, you preach uh, kind of that all the way to touch the line mentality, right? We're not, not cutting any corners. Well, if players are seeing you do some of the same things in, in your game planning or in your film watching or well then they see you as a hypocrite and they're not gonna well this guy he's telling me to do this but he's not even doing it he's not practicing hard work he's not practicing discipline uh so why should i and so be the message that you preach as christians we can't be hypocrites we can't preach one message and live another and the story i'm going to use uh aaron wellman is actually the one that used used the story but it is actually from the movie, or it's a movie about a true story, but it is a movie, Show Me the Father. And that is, anybody ever seen it or heard of it? I got one. So uh, in part of it, it is Sherman Smith, which is uh, ex-NFL running back and eventually went on to be running back coach and coached a lot of players, and a uh, very good Christian man, and actually spoke at, or there was clips of it in the, in the video, but actually spoke uh, at some Billy Graham crusades when they were held in these big stadiums. But he shares the story, uh, Sherman Smith, as going through, through school and going through college. He was at Miami University, and he said, I always had Christians. He said, like, in, in my area there was Christians, and he said, I had him reach out to me, invite me to church, do this, do that. And he said, I always just looked at him and thought, well, what are you doing different than me? Because they were at the same place as I was at on Friday, Saturday nights after games or before games. So they were doing the same things I was doing. They were saying the same things I was saying. He said, I always just kind of nodded it off. I don't want, like, there's no difference in me and you. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You keep doing what you're doing. And we're all good. 
And he said as he, as he went through high school, went through college, kind of always the same. Everybody that proclaimed to be a Christian around him and tried to get him to come to church or tried to witness to him, he said, I always paid real close attention to them. And he said, most of them, not that there wasn't a few that maybe did a little better than others, he said, most of them were just hypocrites. They would always come back, and I would see them at the parties. I would see them at the uh, different things that I was doing, and there was no difference. And he said, but that all changed when he met Ken Hutcherson. And he said, we was uh, going in for spring training, and he said, the second I walk in, I see a big old back, because Ken Hutcherson was a lineman, and he said, it says, Hutch is going to Seattle to do the Lord's battle. And he said, all I could think is, here's one of these Christians again. And he said, it w- and wouldn't you know it, my locker would be right beside his. And he said, sure enough, Ken began to uh, witness and share. And he said, so I was immediately on the watch. I was looking for him to mess up, slip up, do something wrong. Uh, and he said, all was good. He said, we're going through preseason, our rookie year. He said, me and him are actually both having a phenomenal year. Uh, he said, I was already on pace to start. And he said Hutch was probably going to too. But the last preseason game uh, has a knee injury. Not only ends that season, but it ends his career. He said Ken Hutchinson never played another down in the NFL. And he said he was being wheeled off. And he said, I was standing there. He said, I just kind of looked at him, shook my head, and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hutch. And he, he looked at me, he said, with just the biggest smile and said, Sherman, I'm so excited to see what God's new plan is. And he said, when he said that, something just ran over me. And he said, after the game, go back. They're doing, like, they're getting him in surgery uh, as quick as they can. Comes out, he's got ice packs and stuff on. And he said, I just kind of questioned him, like, what did you say when you were, he said, I'm just so excited to see what God's new plan is. He said, obviously, it's not football no more. He said, but I, I can, like, there, he's got something. And he said, I just began to question him. And he said, I began to see that Ken Hutcherson was a real deal. And it wasn't about a week later that Sherman Smith gave his heart and life to Jesus after being led by Ken Hutcherson. And so the consistency that Hutch showed in his life through those struggles, through those experiences that he was having, and Sherman Smith would actually go on just a few years later and have an e injury himself and never really be able to come back. He came back, but it never was the same. And a few years later, his, his career would end. And he said, in all of that, Hutch was right there. And I always remembered Hutch's response of, God has a plan. It may be a new plan, a change of plans, but God has a plan. And so we need to be consistent in, in our living and our shining of our light, especially in, and I was sharing this with the youth tonight in our discussion, as inconsistent as this world is. I seen this post, Craig Lofton may have shared it, but it said, our society is so confused. There's moral confusion, there's sexual confusion, there's gender confusion, but what we as Christians need to realize and share is God is not the author of confusion. It's the devil. And so in the midst of the chaos, the confusion, the inconsistencies, especially you think about young people, and that's kind of where they was going with this as coaches, uh, the inconsistencies that they see, maybe some of them coming from bad homes, maybe some of them coming from bad situations, like be consistent in that person's life. Like I'm going to be a solid rock in, in your life. Uh, I'm going to show you consistency. I'm going to show you that 
there is something different about Christians, even though maybe the ones you've seen hasn't had that consistent life that's different. And so don't just talk about it, be about it. As Lou Corrales said, be the message that you preach. It's easy to come on Sundays. It's easy to talk about it. Uh, but what people really want to see is, are you going to live it? And when things get tough, things aren't going your way. Are you going to stick to it uh, and live it out? Or are you going to fall into the same old, same old as everyone else? And so uh, we got to care. we got to care for people. we got to love on people. we got to connect with people, share our lives with people. And then we got to be consistent in how we uh, live separated from the world. And then I'm going to close it down with two verses and I don't, Addy, are you doing music for the invitation? All right, you can start heading up here. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And I know Sunday it was all, all about serving and our service to God uh, and some of these things. And again, uh, coaching by serving and that was kind of the big the big theme of it all as as leaders as coaches and i think christians uh live by serving and then on down in verse 11 it says not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit always serving the lord and so we know from scriptures it says jesus son of man he didn't come to be served but to serve and to be ransomed for many. And he's our example, so we need to be serving. Uh, So I just ask as everyone stands, bows their head, close their eyes. If you don't know Jesus, uh, if you haven't had that salvation experience that I talked about earlier, I'd love to lead you through that. Uh, And you'll have the opportunity in just a second. But I also hope that you were challenged as Christians tonight. uh, Just to, to be that example as we go in our our workplaces, in our schools, uh, whatever we do, showing people that we care for them, we love for them, uh, connect with them, share your story, share your testimony, and just be that consistency, that rock in their lives that shines Jesus uh, in and around them. And so I'm going to pray, and you just respond as Jesus asks. Father, I come to you. I just thank you. Uh, for this day. I thank you for your goodness, God. I just pray that you would move in and through this invitation. Lord, I pray that we would be challenged tonight just to uh, be your servants, Father, to be your hands, to be your feet, Lord. And I just pray that if anyone doesn't know you as their Lord, as their Savior, uh, that they would come and we could get that nailed down and taken care of tonight. Lord, I love you, praise you, give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.